This week on the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast, we go political. We have our guest, Mr. Mike McCarran. He states a few views that might be controversial, truthful, and political. I think you're going to find this uh, episode really interesting. Stay tuned. Here comes Mike. Welcome to the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast. McCarran, Ace, welcome back to the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast. Can you, for our audience, introduce yourself, please? Uh, my name is Mike McCarran. I'm a columnist at Today's Trucking Magazine. I'm a, I'm a partner at Left Lane Associates, uh, supply chain M&A advisory firm. I'm president of Rake Root Solutions, which is a third-party logistics company. There you go. And from the latest reading, uh, and I read it in Truck News, which of course is all part of the same organization that you are writing for, you have an opinion um, about the gig economy and how it all affects trucking. Do you want to elaborate on that? Absolutely. I'm, it's nice to know that someone reads the call, so thanks, Chris. I think the first thing to mention is that I'm absolutely against people not paying source deductions. I don't like it. It absolutely frees me. I think of the taxes I've paid over the years, both personally and corporately, and I really struggle with people not paying their taxes. But I think in reality, there comes a point where we have to accept the fact that this gig economy is not going anywhere. I had the pleasure of, uh, you know, being up in Ottawa recently with some business friends. We met uh, some prominent members of the Liberal Caucus, and you know, it became pretty clear that uh, the Liberals have watched this economy so bad. Uh, under Trudeau's leadership, that the only way to grow the gross domestic product is through immigration. It so happens that a lot of that immigration is coming from South Asia. Um, they happen to like the trucking business, so that's their industry of choice. And I just, it's just not going away. And they make that pretty clear to us. And, you know, I, I cited in that column a recent report from HR Block where there's almost 8 million Canadians uh, making a living in the gig economy. I absolutely lost my mind when I read that a lot of them don't want to pay their taxes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of them, Frank, are working the gig economy to create multiple income streams just to, to kind of throw the cent off at CRA. So, um, well, one of the things in that article, sorry, in the H and R block thing, and I forgive me if I get the number wrong, it was close to 50%. I think it was 44% said that the workers in the gig economy Many of them are willing to hide their income. Yeah, that's that. It just drives me insane because I look at the taxes that we're paying. Yep. Uh, yep. What in the past, and you know, it's important to understand that I don't support this at all. And, and like my peers, my legacy carers, I would be infuriated. But the reality is, is that you know, we I believe we've been played by the government. Um, I believe that uh, they haven't been straight with us. I think there comes a point where, you know, both sides of this fence have to get together and really focus on the real enemy, which is the government, to bring some clarity. Just tell us what's right and what's wrong so we can react accordingly. This limbo land doesn't hurt anyone. It's bad for the economy and it's bad for truckers who, who as I said, don't really understand what they can and can't do because they've been, they've been played by the government. I really believe that. Well, and I like the point that you had made um, in the article where I believe it's CTA was running ads. 
And, you know, the ad said something about, hey, come work for trucking. We've got great work with benefits and all that kind of stuff. And then what happens, Mike? Well, what happens is that to the outside world, the trucking company is a trucking company. They have no idea that, you know, there's really two industries operating within one industry, the legacy and the newcomer care. So they go and they, uh, they run out and they uh, go to three or four interviews. And, you know, all these promises that were made of stable income, benefits, unemployment insurance, vacation pay, good work environment, safety, training, um, they see none of that. Uh, you know, so they show up at the interview and you got to incorporate, uh, we're going to teach you, we're going to, we're going to spend 50 hours uh, teaching how to drive a truck, which is basically enough to, uh, which is basically enough to pass your license. And then we're going to throw you in a truck and you got to drive to Vancouver by yourself in the middle of the winter. And I had a, my Uber driver, ironically, coming back from the OJ convention, tell me that was an experience. So that's just back to the brand of trucking. Uh, you know, I always, I've always said that your brand is what people say about you when you leave the room. And so, you know, they would have friends in a certain position that don't even bother applying because, you know, what they basically are saying is that these truckers, they're, they're, not, they're breaking their promises. They promise this and they're delivering something else. And, and that's not a good thing for anywhere. It, it's really sad, you know, to see this because one of, the, one of the biggest dilemmas, the thing that helps run this country is our tax base, right? We, we all contribute to that tax base so that we can have streetlights, you know, uh, police to, that help to protect us, schools, um, all, all this infrastructure that we need to have a really nice life to live on. And unfortunately, when we don't have everybody paying into the system, there are others that are going to pay way, way more. 100%. Look at the, look at the deficit that's been run at Trudeau. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. There's no tax revenue. They're not collecting what's owed. There's, yeah. I can't remember the exact stat, but I think there's like $28 billion you're not getting collected. Don't hold me to that, but it's a staggering number. And just, just to allow us to happen, there come a point where, you know, you've got an election coming up and it's all about growth. And, and, and to think that a resource-driven economy like ours, um, we have to resort to this. So, so you look at something else that's interesting. So what's happening now is this nearshoring where, you know, during COVID, uh, you know, prior to COVID, all the rage was, you know, let's single source and make product cheap in China and Singapore and Vietnam. And, you know, obviously uh, people realized during COVID that that's probably not the best. You know, people, you need product near, uh, supply chain disruption. And it's, it's all coming back to North America. But it's not coming to Canada. No, cool. no. And I, I was going to say some of the stuff I've heard through the grapevine. So a couple of different things which aren't helping the situation by any means. So during during our, the pandemic, uh, we had the government paying out on CERB benefits. And mm -hmm. I know for a fact there were a number of gig operators, and, and not just in trucking, but other industries as well, that collected CERB benefits. And sadly, they weren't eligible because they weren't paying into the system anyway. Because the government didn't have any um, any checks and balances in place at the time, they just threw money out. These people collected, and uh, a few of them have left and gone back home to their home country, you know. And now somebody's looking to get that money recouped. So, but uh, another one that, that is a real thorn in my side uh, to kind of touch on exactly where you're going, Mike, is the HST. So right. a, a lot of a lot of gig operators 
are charging HST to their company, but they're not submitting it to CRA. And I'm like going, whoa, 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 here. You just took a 13% rage increase when you shouldn't have been. So, Trevor, and, and I really, I really question why the government isn't auditing from that end coming up. And let's just be clear. We're not just trucking, talking about trucking. No, here. we're talking it, in general, the gig economy. When Mike yeah, that, says $28 billion yeah. not collected. Yeah. yeah. And that's where it's compounded because no one can get workers. I think trucking gets it worse because it has it a worse problem. And there's yeah. so many South Asians, which is a lot of the immigration, want to be in the transportation business. They've got the roots, you know, they got family and friends, uh, places they worship. Um, you know, in, in Surrey, BC, and in, 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 in Brampton, uh, there's no such thing as a T4. And so that's the part that drives me insane is, you know, that these people aren't contributing. They come to this country and they're, they're not contributing uh, to that. And it's unacceptable. But as I said, there comes a point, I think, for the trucking industry where, you know, the leaders on both sides have to understand that being a part. And, and I'll put this on the associations, I think, that the, the Laskowski's done a great job trying to reach out. Um, but it's a big carriage of leverage that, that are giving these people business. And, 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 and you know, I think that the, there's a lot of really good, a lot of transforming ex-gig guy, uh, companies are no longer, but a lot of ones are. And I just think they've got to realize, I think they want some clarity too. And I just think that when you have two factions working against each other, you're letting the government off easy. And I think that um, it's strength in numbers. And, and you know, neither one of them really re represents the trucking industry anymore. I think that the politicians in Ottawa are aware of that. Uh, they don't really think of driving as anything but the, the gay economy. And I think it's the only way you're ever going to give clarity to uh, Canadian, you know, Canadian businessmen that are paying their taxes, that are, that are absorption doctors, and are training their drivers, and are updating their equipment. And it just goes on and on and on. Well, I wonder how it's going to affect our Canadian government, the recent stance that the uh, Biden administration took, where they appear to be cracking down on the independent operator. And of course, um, not everybody's happy with that stance, but how might that translate into uh, Canadian? Will our government stand up and listen? And we often mirror what happens in the U.S., well, so that's a great question. So I find a couple things interesting about that. You know, I don't think, first of all, kudos to Biden uh, doing that. Uh, I frankly don't think it's it's a bigger problem in the United States than trucking business, uh, the gig economy. But I don't think the government, the, the the certainly the input that we got, the businessmen I was with from prominent members of the Liberal Caucus was they have absolutely no desire to chase independent contractors, zero. Well, what I do find interesting is, you know, the ATA and both TCA uh, went on record recently in early January to say that they oppose uh, buying drilling, which is talks about independent contractors. So goes certainly goes against what the Canadian uh, uh, legacy and associates are saying. But interesting enough, there's a lot of Canadian leaders that are actually involved with TCA. So it will be really interesting to see because it's a real different stance. And, you know, just my opinion, 
I think that's their way of saying that, recognizing that we have a huge driver shortage problem. And that's the only way that this can happen. The only thing I can think of is that, you know, with the U.S. being very political, uh, the TCA and truck owners are Republicans. So, you know, when you're dealing with the states, there's always a political oversight. So my take in the United States these days is that it's very hard to, to apply rational thinking sometimes to irrational thinking. And um, I don't know what's driving that, but it's very interesting to stance. It's a very interesting. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that we're noticing is we're losing drivers. Um, attrition is one issue. So guys are retiring and whatnot. But we're also seeing a lot of drivers that are just thick of the industry now. Um, lack of pay, lack of adequate pay, um, lack of training. Uh, I think we're seeing a lot of senior drivers, very well experienced and seasoned drivers that are just afraid to be on the road anymore because we're a lot of these companies are quick to just throw a driver in the truck and send him to Vancouver when he's got no previous experience. And now these guys are going, I don't want to risk my life because of the other driver. So that's causing us a grief. Well, I agree. You know, I think when a, prof- when a professional driver watches his peers that are having trouble backing in to a warehouse, knowing that they're hooking and going to California, I'd be terrified too. Yeah. And, and I think to your point, John, I talk to every Uber driver who's Uber I get in. And you know how many of them have awful experiences in trucking? It's embarrassing. Yep. Just imagine. I've tried to get a couple of going records for my column and they don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, back in the day and I'll, I'll use, you know, when I, when I was growing up as a young lad and I was driving in the, in the early eighties there, um, it was a different mindset back then. It was a career, you know, my, my family was truck drivers, my grandfather, my, my uncles, my dad, you know? So it's like, yeah, I want to be a truck driver. And, And this was a career model. This wasn't just a job. You know, and, and you took that to heart and the way you went. And if you weren't good when you started, well, no problem. You practiced. You got out there. You, 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 the company you were working for would say, cool, go out in the yard and just back trailers in. That'll teach you how to back up. Go talk to Bob here. Bob will give you some tips on what to do. I don't see that anymore. And I don't see anybody wanting to, to you know, bend over backwards and give that assistance. It's more the companies are more, go, you got to get in the truck. I'm paying you. Go, 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 go. I think the legacy carers are a great job of training. I think they're, that's, the drivers are safer than ever, but there's less and less of them. And, you know, I pushed really hard when I was chairman of uh, Trucking HR Canada to make driving a skilled labor. <laughs> you need to get a license to be a hairdresser, to frame a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem we have is the industry, and once again, largely driven by newcomers, they advertise as don't need any skills. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. when the elements exact are saying your industry is saying that you don't need skills, but you're saying you need skills. Yeah. And, and, and we're saying it's a skilled job to yeah. be a truck driver. Yeah. yeah. I well, sat- let, 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 let's take that. Let's take that analogy you just used. Cause I did some research um, about a year ago on this. So the hairdresser, in order to be a hairdresser in Canada, you have to have a license, right? And you have to obtain what's called your red seal certificate. Right. Well, interesting enough, it's, it, 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 it takes 
almost 4,000 hours to get your hair certificate. And, you know, four, 400 of those hours are done in the beginning in a classroom environment. And then the rest of it is done through an apprenticeship program to cut hair. Yet I can go just take a 103 and a half hour course here in Ontario and I can get my truck driving license and I can drive an 80,000 pound missile down the road. What's wrong with this situation? It's, it's absurd. Like think of a hairdresser. So the worst case here, you cut someone's ear off. Big deal. Yeah. Big deal. I can still no. hear. I'm going to be okay. In, in, in the trucking industry, the worst case scenario is Humboldt. Yes. You know? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. No, it's, as I said, it's, it's a very, and it's getting worse and it's getting worse. And, and, you know, that's one reason I talked about this getting together because to me, the taxes we can't control. Um, you can fight government, you can force them to make a decision. And that's all we want as businessmen. Businessmen, tell me what I can and can't do and get me out of limbo land. But the focus should be on the, the unsafe roads, the immigration scams, the human resources scams. It's, it's mind boggling what's going on. And, you know, I, I know a lot of the gig operators, you know, we use them a lot in right route. There's some fantastic people, some good businessmen, but I just wish they would pay their taxes, but they're embarrassed by their underbelly. They know it's criminal and. Yeah, they're not. And to me, that's not doing it, but it's travesty. It's a travesty itself. I wonder, you know, in the gig economy, far more or far wider than just trucking, what does CRA do to see if they're actually issuing T4A slips like uh, CRA says they're supposed to? Do you know if there's any audit process, Mike? No, I don't think so. Based on the lack of funds that are being collected. I don't know anyone that's being audited. Um, yeah. I don't know anyone that's being fined. Like, you know, you think of their fine system. It's hilarious. So they have this big announcement, Seamus O'Regan. Oh, we're going to, that, that was the enforcement one. Um, we're going to find, we're going to find any people that don't pay their source deductions, 250 grand. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter how many trucks you have, which is absurd. Oh. But you do the math on that. So based on what I read from some very reputable truckers, they believe that not paying source deductions presents about a 20% cost saving, meaning that the level, they have a, an unfair advantage for 20%. So do a, a mid-sized truck running legal these days, a couple hundred thousand miles. So it's $40,000 a truck. So that tells me that as long as you have six trucks, more than six trucks as independent contractors, you're making money. Mm-hmm. So you can get, you know, there, there's, there's gig economy cares that are three, four, five hundred million dollars now. It's just a, yeah. it's a recruiting firm. Cost of doing business. The owner's expense account is bigger than that. And they usually yeah. business. And I, I was, I had the, uh, the opportunity to spoke, speak with some folks from ESDC. And, and sadly, the $250,000 fine is highly unlikely to be reached or offered from what they told me because. The first visit, if they're going in to do a, an audit or an inspection, the first visit is going to be educational. There's no fines. It's all educational. They're going to be advising you what you need to be doing. And then they'll come back in 30 days and see if you're doing it. And if they're not, well, then there's a small penalty, somewhere around five, maybe $10,000. And then from there, it goes to court. 
you know, it, it takes several, several visits of this person not, or this company not following the rule before they would ever get to $250,000. And they say it would probably take several years before they would actually issue a fine that high. Um, and the, they, were talk, they were talking about two audits they were working on, which uh, each company was fined uh, a total of $20,000 each. And, uh, and even in the worst, the worst case scenario that they shut them down, the drivers are just going to work for someone else. It's absolutely, yeah. it's pandering to it the is. nth degree, just absolute yeah. pandering. And that's what has to stop. And the only way that I think that's going to stop is the big guys, the big carriers have to get together and force, force a decision. Yeah. Our country's going to get, at this stage, you know, that article from H&R Block basically stated that the gig economy has doubled in the past year. Double. We're going to be bankrupt. We're going to be Argentina. Mm -hmm. How do you run? How do you run a country when the when 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 people aren't paying their fair share of taxes? Yep, exactly. And it said in the article that a good part part of that they were doing it so that they didn't have to pay taxes. Amen. About fifty percent. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So yep. And I'll put a link to that article in the show notes down below because I found it really enlightening. The rapid growth of the gig economy and the tax implications of that economy. Uh, and it's something I think we should all be concerned, at least yep. all legal tax paying people should yeah. be concerned yeah. about. 100%. Yep. I'm very concerned. When you have 28% of your employees engaging in activities that don't pay taxes mm -hmm. um, and it's doubling every year, uh, you have a problem in it. They're just like, uh, well, well, we, when we went to Ottawa, like you'd sit, it's like they, they brush it off. Like it's nothing. And, and that you, you know, I, I can't see who's with me, but these are far more important senior people I am. And, you know, they're facing the same challenges and, and theirs and, and, and their industries. And the one thing that we learned in Ottawa was that Trudeau is God. And when he says those, and it's all about, getting, it's just about getting reluctant. You know, it's why they legalize pot because they want it to be used. So it's about getting reelected. And, you know, I thought his old man was bad. He is 10 times worse. It's, it's just, I just don't know how they can continue to run this economy in this country with such a deficit, which so many people are turning a blind eye to their, their, their fiduciary of just contributing to staying in this country. Well, and it's just going to get worse for the simple fact that if you've got young people in this gig approach and they're wanting this gig approach to put more money in their own pocket, I have my doubts they're investing it into their retirement savings plans. Um, and therefore, without doing your uh, tax deductions, you're not submitting to CPP as well. Uh, so as these folks get older, that's going to put a larger burden on, burden on this country um, to try and deal with social services down the road when they get sick and healthy. And, you know, you're not contributing. So now our, our health care program is going to be falling apart. We're not going to have money to support it. Corey, what I, do you mean I, it, our health care program is going to be falling apart? Well, yeah, it's more than what it is already. <laughs> or, which is largely a provincial problem, but yes. they get a lot of their funds from the federal government. But anyhow, yep. this is, you know, we got to wrap this up in a few yep. minutes. Uh, the gig economy, I think we all agree, is hurting Canadians generally and yep. really hurting 
tax-paying Canadians. Absolutely. You know, Mike, did we cover everything that you wanted to hit? And I know we had that technical difficulty in the middle, but uh, did we hit all the topics that you wanted to address? Oh, I think so. You know, the bottom line is I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, all we ask for as Canadians, all we ask for is tax-paying Canadians, all we ask for as a trucking industry is give us some clarity, uh, don't pander, and and let us know what we need to do properly to run our business. And that's just not happening. And I, and I call on our, our great friends in the trucking industry to step up to really focus on the real enemy because the, the enemy that they're focusing on is doing something that I don't agree with, but they're taking advantage of lack of enforcement. And yeah, we really need to focus on who's causing this, which is our folks in Ottawa. Yeah, I'm going to say the gig economy is not going anywhere soon, uh, but it would be nice if it was taxed appropriately. Mm-hmm. That would be my fair taxes. Yeah. Hey, Mike, I really appreciate this. Was um, a politically charged discussion. <laughs> Take care. Great talking to you, pal. Take care. Thank you.